RPN, the Roddenberry Podcast Network. Today's daily Star Trek news is supported by listeners like you, patrons through Patreon. Find out more and add your support at patreon.com forward slash daily Star Trek news. This show is also supported by an affiliate program with Entertainment Earth. Visit dailystartreknews.com forward slash entertainment earth to get awesome Star Trek toys and collectibles and support this show all at the same time. Hello and welcome to your daily Star Trek news from the Roddenberry Podcast Network. I'm Alison Pitt and today is Thursday, April 30th, 2020. On today's show, Jonathan Frakes explains his odd chair sitting and more in a Star Trek First Contact live commentary. Former showrunner Brian Fuller explains his original ideas for the Discovery Mirror Universe. And I've got a rundown of upcoming virtual Star Trek events. All of that, coming right up. Jonathan Frakes is well known in Trek circles for his deep knowledge of Star Trek culture, his sense of humor, and his really great skills as a director. So it was a real treat yesterday when he appeared as a guest on IGN's Watch From Home Theater to provide live commentary on Star Trek First Contact. As I mentioned yesterday, First Contact was Frakes' feature film directorial debut, although he had previously directed several television episodes of Star Trek. Fans of the film will know it as one of the best the franchise has to offer, with a balanced mix of drama, social commentary, and of course, that Frakes humor. During the live stream, IGN kept a Twitter thread going of some of the more memorable moments. There were some touching moments, some insightful moments, and some revealing moments. IGN addressed a more obscure rumor about First Contact and asked Frakes whether the character of Zephyrin Cochran was based on Gene Roddenberry. He replied, I've never heard that connection made, but it makes sense knowing both men. On Riker's famous habit of sitting in chairs by swinging his leg over the back, he said, I step over chairs like Riker if the chair back is below the danger zone. That started in 10 forward because the chairs are so low. It was such a cocky cowboy move, and no one stopped me. Well, I guess that answers that. (laughs) For more highlights from the live stream, follow IGN on Twitter, and you can replay the full commentary on IGN's YouTube channel. Throwing it way back now, and also kind of forward and maybe sideways a bit, original Star Trek Discovery showrunner Brian Fuller has given a new interview in which he describes his original intentions for the Disco Mirror Universe. And it's a little different than what we got. According to an article on trekmovie.com, Fuller was a guest on Robert Meyer Burnett's web series, Observations. The focus of the interview was mostly not on Star Trek and more on Fuller's work in the horror genre. But since both Burnett and Fuller have history with the franchise, it wasn't surprising when Burnett brought up Fuller's original intentions for Discovery. Now, when Star Trek Discovery was announced back in the fall of 2015, we hadn't seen Trek on our small screens for a decade. Fuller served as showrunner in the early stages of the show's development, 
before being asked by CBS to leave the role in late 2016. Discovery, which had been slated for an early 2017 release, finally premiered in September of 2017. The Mirror Universe was a key part of the plot in the first season of Discovery, and the action there has had lasting implications even through season two and beyond. Fuller never got to see his vision for Discovery fully realized after he left, so what was his original vision? Fuller pointed out that the Mirror Universe we usually see is simplified to binary extremes, good versus evil, sashes and goatees versus no sashes and clean-shaven, What I really wanted to do in setting out, he said, was look at the minutia of simple decisions that have a cascade effect on our lives. It is more about we're at forks in the road every moment of our lives and we either go left or right. Fuller elaborated that the mirror universe in Discovery wasn't necessarily meant to be like it was in all the other series. There was something in the mistakes made by Burnham in Battle of the Binary Stars that had this ripple, he said. The mirror universe was always meant to be an exploration of a small step in a different direction. I wanted the mirror universe to function in a narrative exploration of like, if I just didn't do that one thing, everything would be better. As opposed to, I don't recognize that person, I don't know who that person is because they're a diametric opposite of who I am. One can see how that might have made the series play out a little differently. I wonder what the universe is like where Fuller never left the production staff of Discovery, and we did get a less mirror-mirror universe. Would it be more or less opposite of now than it was if the starting point had been different? Or would we all have just ended up in the darkest timeline, where there's no more Star Trek at all? If you can wrap your head around those questions, then maybe you too can be a Star Trek showrunner. For a while, at least. In the meantime, you can ponder those and other wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey questions when you catch up on Star Trek Discovery Seasons 1 and 2, streaming exclusively on CBS All Access. I've got the weekend's online events in just a moment, but first, a word from me. All this week, I'm highlighting some of the really great Star Trek stuff you can get from entertainmentearth.com. Today's edition, a little something to keep you busy if you're stuck at home under a shelter-in-place order, or if you just have a bunch of rambunctious kids you need to find activities for. It's a bumper kit of seven different SnapFit scale model enterprises. That's right, this legendary kit has seven different scale models for you to put together, as long as you're over the age of 10. So let's see, we've got the NX-01, the NCC-1701, no bloody A, B, C, or D, the Enterprise refit from Star Trek The Motion Picture, and the rest of the Enterprises, B through E. Each ship comes with a base and all the snap-fit parts, as well as decals, pennants, and registry letters to complete the models. No glue or paint required. Have a look for yourself by heading to dailystartreknews.com forward slash entertainmentearth and clicking through to Entertainment Earth's website. When you make your purchases that way, they reward me with a small affiliate incentive. So you can work on building your collection of cool Star Trek stuff and help me out at the same time. To find out more, just head to dailystartreknews.com forward slash 
Entertainment Earth. That's dailystartreknews.com forward slash Entertainment Earth. And a big thanks to you for supporting this show. Right, now it's time for some Star Trek events. If you're in the mood to get together with some fellow Trekkies while practicing social distancing, then make sure you fire up your modem and log on to one of these events over the next week. The Lambda Quadrant, a philanthropic organization founded by a group of like-minded Star Trek fans, is hosting the second part of Holocon this Saturday, May 2nd. They're partnering with Chase Masterson's Pop Culture Hero Coalition to stream events on Facebook and Twitch with live chats, all to benefit charity. Last week's Holocon was a great success, and the Lambda Quadrant is hoping to build on that success on Saturday. They told me, We raised $175 so far for SAGE, a nonprofit that supports elders in the LGBT community. Some highlights from last week included our Q&A panel with Deep Space Nine's Nicole DeBoer and the Pop Culture Hero Coalition panel, Community Strong Identity, moderated by their founder, Deep Space Nine's Chase Masterson, with our founder, Randy Frank, as one of the panelists. You can watch last week's videos on the Lambda Quadrant on Facebook or Twitch, and be sure to tune in this Saturday as well and help make an impact. For more information about Holocon, head to facebook.com forward slash Lambda Quadrant. Sotheby's is holding an auction in which you can bid for a Shakespearean acting class with Sir Patrick Stewart. The May Day COVID-19 charity auction runs this Friday, May 1st, through next Friday, May 8th. And as you'd expect, they are taking online bids. Proceeds go to benefit the International Rescue Committee, of which Stewart is a patron. Other lots up for grabs include coffee with Hillary Clinton and a chance to record a song with Sting. The actual Sting. (laughs) I don't know what to say about that. To find out more, including how to bid, visit Sotheby's.com. A new entry to events this week, but one that will recur every week, the Deep Space Nine podcast, The Seventh Rule, hosted by Sirach Lofton, Ryan T. Husk, and the late Aaron Eisenberg, hosts an AMA on YouTube every Thursday afternoon. Tune in, participate in the chat, and ask your questions. That's on YouTube, just search for The Seventh Rule, and follow the show on Twitter for the latest updates, at Seventh Rule. Another new entry to events this week is the Star Trek Netflix party hosted daily and coordinated on Facebook. Organizer Ron says, Each night at 8 p.m., I've been setting up Netflix parties. If you're unfamiliar with the app, it's an app that is added to the Chrome extension that allows a group to watch a show at the same time and have an active chat. I've created a Facebook group which has about 200 members currently, Our evening events have had between 5 to 15 attendees each night. Ron and the crew are just finishing up a week of Ferengi-themed episodes. To stay up to speed on what's coming up next week, just head to Star Trek Netflix Party on Facebook. And finally, some stuff that I've told you about before that are still going on. There are the Twitter watch-alongs, hashtag AllStarTrek, Sunday through Friday at 8, 7 central, Hashtag TOS Sat Night starts at 9 p.m. Pacific on Saturday night and follows a different episode of the original series every week. 
and hashtag Star Trek Hour is a Q&A format event every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time. And don't forget the LeVar Burton Reads Twitter live streams. Mondays are for kids at 9 a.m. Pacific, Wednesdays are for young adults at 3 p.m. Pacific, and Fridays are for adults at 6 p.m. Pacific. Now, if you have an online event or a gathering that you'd like for me to promote on this show, please let me know. How are you getting together with your fellow Trekkies without leaving the house? Send me an email to let me know at info at dailystartreknews.com, or you can continue to use the hashtag DSTNEvents on Twitter or Instagram, and I'll reshare your event. That's info at dailystartreknews.com or hashtag DSTNEvents to let me know what you're doing to keep the fandom alive, even as we're all mostly staying in. Well, that's it for today's Daily Star Trek News from the Roddenberry Podcast Network. Don't forget to check out the other great shows on the network at podcasts.roddenberry.com. Daily Star Trek News is produced by me, Allison Pitt, and supported by people like you, patrons through Patreon. Find out more and add your support at patreon.com forward slash daily Star Trek News. This show is also supported by an affiliate program with Entertainment Earth. Get your Star Trek toys and collectibles today. Just visit dailystartreknews.com forward slash entertainment earth. Sign up for the Daily Star Trek newsletter at dailystartreknews.com forward slash contact. Get all the day's Star Trek news delivered straight to your inbox every weekday morning. And if email's not your thing, then don't forget to follow Daily Star Trek News on social media. I'm at Daily Trek News on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I'm back tomorrow with more of the Star Trek news you need to know, and the answer to this week's Trek trivia. I'm Allison Pitt. Live long and prosper. Podcast.roddenberry.com. The Roddenberry Podcast Network.